Ashley Brock, and I am coming to book two, Blue, chapter nine. Firewood says, and if anything, I'd understand. You're married, Lieutenant Hollister explained. Gwen moved a little closer to it. Yes, sorry we would have invited you, but we didn't want the expense of a big wedding. So we eloped, told him, stretching the truth. Eloped. Hollister leaned back and stared with a grumpy sigh. Mr. Marquis. Well, it was certainly quick. Uh, we knew how we felt at once. Replied with a smile of a no sense of having a long engagement. She smiled back. Absolutely. Well, congratulations, Hollister said after a minute. He got up, smiled, and shook hands with both of them. How did your mother take it? He asked for record was. I haven't told her. Why don't you take you two take the day off and call it a honeymoon? Hollister suggested. Gail Rogers can sub for you. I don't want Barbara coming after me with a bazooka because she heard the news from somebody else. <laughs> Good idea, Brick said. Thanks. <laughs> My pleasure. A wedding present. A short one, he added. You have to be back on the job tomorrow and we're not losing you, he asked Gwen. She wasn't sure what he meant, and then she realized that she belonged to a federal agency. I'm not sure. I'll have to talk to my boss, and I'll have to discuss it with the captain here. Hollister nodded. Done very well. I'll be sorry to lose you. She smiled. I'll be sorry to go. I may have to make some minor adjustments in my career path as well, she added with a worried glance. I don't really want to keep a job that sends me around the world every other week. Not now, Hollister pursued it. We can always use another detective, he pointed out. You pick it back up in no time, and we have all sorts of workshops and training courses. You mean it? Of course, he sort of. Wait a minute. You've given up work for the feds? For me? Rick asked as if he couldn't quite believe it. I would, she said calmly. I'm tired of living out of a suitcase, and I really like San Antonio. She didn't add that she was also very tired of the D.C., Social scene and being required to host his parties for her dad. It was never enjoyable. She didn't like crowds or parties to give him his due. Neither did her father, but he was certainly going to be in the center of the Washington social world very soon. She dreaded having to tell Rick about it. Well, Rick said it could resist a charming smile. She laughed. And now for the really hard part. We have to break the news to your mother. She'll kill me. He called. No. We'll take her a pot of flowers, Quinn said finally. She's a gardener. I know she was mind to drive that she could plant. They all laughed. And actually, Barbara wasn't mad. She burst into tears, hugged them both, and rambled on for several minutes about how depressed she'd been that women never seemed to see Rick as potential mates as much as a shoulder to cry on. I'm just so happy. I'm so glad one of these. But we still brought you a bribe. A bribe? Barbara asked, wiping away tears. Gwen went on to the porch, came back inside carrying a huge potted plant. Ah! It's an umbrella plant. Barbara explained, I've wanted one for years, but I could never find one the right size. It's perfect. I thought you could plant it. Gwen said, Oh no, I. I'll let it live inside. I'll put grow lights around it and fertilize it. It gives me. You two didn't have to get married. They have. She's as Victorian as we are, Rick told his mother with a worn smile. 
That's wonderful. Welcome to the Stone Age, my dear. She told Gwen and hugged her hard. Where are you going to live? In San Antonio, Barbara asked me to resign. Gwen and Rick had discussed this. Uh, the old Andrews place is up in downtown Jacobsville, which is next to the Griers. In fact, I put an offer in for it this morning. Oh, Barbara started crying. I thought you'd want to live where your jobs are. Explanation about which job could come later. Rick decided, no, oh, we want to live near you. Rick replied, because when the kids come along, when I have a great, you'll want to be able to see them. Barbara called her for it. Maybe I'll figure it. You want to have kids? Oh, yes, Gwen replied, smiling. Lots of kids. Rick added, I can buy a toy store. Barbara murmured herself the first, and need to stock up on organic seeds so that I can make healthy stuff for the baby. We just got married yesterday, Rick pointed out. That's right, and this is November. But looking for a count, and nine months from now is harvest season. She called back. Rick and Gwen shook their heads. They stayed for supper, a delicious affair, and then settled down to watch the news. Gwen, sitting caught contently beside her husband, had no warning of what was about to happen. A newspaper smiled. Newcaster smiled as a picture of a four-star general, very well known to the public, was flashed across the screen. And this just in. Evan rumors that he was retiring and resigning from the service. We have just learned that General David Castaway, former U.S. commander in Iraq, has been named director of the Central Intelligence Agency. General Castaway a former covert ops commander has comm commanded American troops in Iraq for the past two years. He was rumored to be retiring from the military, but it seems that he was only considering a new job. Barbara Glitz, why, what a coincidence, that's your last name. The newscaster said, General Castaway's only son Larry died in a classified operation in the Middle East just a few months ago. We wish General Cashaway the best of luck in his new position now for other news. Rick was staring at Gwen if she'd grown horns. Your brother's name was Larry, wasn't it? He asked. The one who was killed in action. Barbara was staring. So was Rick. Gwen took a deep breath. He's my father. She confessed. Rick wasn't handling this well. Your father is the new head of the CIA. Well, sort of, she said, nodding worryingly. Rick knew about Washington society from people in his department who had to deal with the socialites in D.C. He was certain that there were no poor generals in the military and the head of the CIA Rick could certainly not be in the line for food stamps. What sort of place do you live in when you go home? Rick asked very quietly. Friends like, we have a big house in Maryland on several acres of land. My dad likes horses. He raises well. Thoroughbreds. She was almost cringy by now. And drives a. She swallowed Jaguar. Got up and turned. Then exasperated. Why didn't you tell me? Because I was afraid you'd do just what you're doing now. Quinn, judging me by my. The company I keep. I hate parties. I hate receptions. I hate hostessing. I'm perfectly happy working a federal job. Or a police job. Any sort of job that doesn't require me to put on an evening gown and look rich. <laughs> rich. Rick ran his fingers through his head. I'm not rich, he pointed out. But father is. Sigrid was born into one of the founding families. He went to Harvard 
West Point, said, but he's just a regular person. He doesn't put on air. Sure. Rick, she got a bunch. I'm not my family. I don't have money. I work for my living. Grandma says the suit is a year old. Turn around and says my suit is three years old. I drive a pickup truck. I can barely afford tickets to the theater. She gave him a train. Now get used to this. He promised. It will just take a little time. You have one too many upsets in the past few weeks. <laughs> we should have waited to get married. He ground up. No, even if we waited. You found out you never married me at all. Before Rick could open his mouth and destroy his future, Barbara got up and stood just went him. He's right, Dorsey. You need to stop before you say something you regret. Like we can go home for tonight and you sleep on it. Things will look better in the morning. She went to get her cell phone and dial a number to wait until the call was in cash. Gwen Cashways. Going back to San Antonio for the night. I don't want to drive it up there alone. Do you have someone who can save her? No, Gwen protested. Barbara held up a hand. I thought you might think. I owe you a nice apple pie. See him. One of Cash's men lives in San Antonio. He's on his way home. He'll swing by and give you a lift. He won't mind. He's very nice. His name is Carlton Ames. He'll take good care of you. Rick was cursing himself about letting Gwen drive her car instead of insisting that she come with him. He didn't like the idea of her riding his son a man. They were married, at least temporarily. Go home and don't worry, Barbara said, hugging him. It will all it will be alright. Gwen managed to smile. She looked at Rick, but he wouldn't meet her eyes. She drew in a long breath, put on her coat, and picked up her purse. She walked out in the, to the front porch with Barbara, who closed the door behind. He's so upset about meeting his father, Barbara said, you'll get over this. Just get a good night's sleep and don't worry. It will work out. I'm so happy he married you. She hugged the young woman. You're going to be very happy together once he gets over the shock. <laughs> I hope you're right. I should have told him I was afraid to. Have you talked to your father? <laughs> I have to do that tonight. She He's not going to be happy either. Does he have prejudice? Barbie worried once. But heavens no. Dad doesn't see color or race or religion. He's very liberal. No, he'll be hurt that it didn't sound burnt. That's all right then. You make it up with him and with Rick. Oh, there's Col Colton. She waved as an off-duty police car pulled up to the porch. A nice young man got out. Well, I'm going to have company for the ride, I hear. He asked. Yes, this is my new daughter-in-law, Gwen. Barbara introduced her. That's Coltrane. She had it with a grin. She didn't drive her own car. She has to get back to San Antonio to pick it up. Thanks for giving her a ride. Should I follow you back down here, Danielle? I have things to get together in my apartment, but thanks. No problem. Shall we go? Gwen looked toward the porch, but the door was still closed. She saw Barbara wince. She managed to smile. I'll see you later, then. She said, have a good night. You too, dear, Barbara said. She forced a smile. Good night. She watched him leave, then she went back in the house and closed the door. Rick! He was on the phone. She wondered who he would. He could call at the hours, not perhaps he would work. He hung up. He was in the living room, looking more unapproachable than she ever seen. I'm going for a drive. I won't be long. She was very upset, she said to you. She can't help who her father is any more than you can. I know that. She should have told me. I think she's afraid to. She's very much in love, you know. I won't be long. She watched him go, feeling a new and bitter distance between them, something she never felt before. She hoped they could work things out. She liked to win a lot. She pulled up to the county bar. 
locked the truck and walked inside. It was late and there was were only a couple of cowboys sitting loose. The man in the back motioned directly and walked down the aisle to sit across from him. The older man gave him a new smile. Should I be flattered that you called me when you needed some sympathy? Why not talk to your mother? It's not really something a woman would understand, he muttered. General Markenopers. No, perhaps not. He motioned to the waiter, came over and asked, Coffee for my young friend, please. I want Rick Eyebrows arched at the man's quick manner. He wants to go and help liberate my country. Mark and I told Rick Wigman, I have the ability to inspire revolutions. <laughs> I noticed, Rick said dryly. General William Mark and Olaren leaned back against the booth, studying the young man who looked so much like himself. You know, we do favor each other a bit. That's waiter came back with the coffee, placing a mug in front of Rick, along with small containers of cream and sugar on his mug. Anything else for you, sir? He asked the drill oils. But no, that will see for now. Thank you. Pleasure. If you need anything, just call. I'll be The waiter scrambled away. Market a watch Rick's popcorn. Just married and already you crawl. She lied to me. Well, she lied by omission. He corrected coolly. About what? It turns out that her father is the new head of the CIA. <laughs> ah, yes, General Castaway. He and Granger friends. Rick recalled an old, odd conversation that one of Grange had shared at the first meeting with Machino at the border. It puzzled him at the time. Now he knew that she had been cautioning Grange not to give away her identity. It made him even sadder. <sighs> He's rich, Rick said quickly. And you're not. Machino understood the problem. Go away. Really? Doesn't matter so much. He cared for the woman. What if it was your mother who was wealthy and her father was poor? He said, I don't know. But of course you do. You would not care. Except for coffee. He was losing the argument. Marcano toyed with his uncle. I was a millionaire in my country. I had everything a man could possibly want. Right down to a Rolls Royce and a private helicopter. Perhaps I had too much, and God resented the fact that I spent more money on me than I did on the poor villagers who were being displaced and murdered by underlings, minions as he were, so to bring in foreign oil corporations. The oil and natural gas were quite valuable. The villagers considered them a nuisance that interfered with the fishing. They have no interest in great wealth. They live from day to day quietly with no talk, no clocks, no supermarkets, no strip malls. Perhaps they have the right idea and the rest of the world has gone insane from this disease called civilization. Nick smiled back. It would be less hectic life. Yes, indeed, his dark eyes were thoughtful. I was careless. I will never be careless again. And the man who upset my place and made my people suffer would pay a very high price for his arrogance and greed. I promise you. But look on his face, Rick Coulter. You heard what he did to private citizens. That is my fault. I should have listened. A friend of mine, an archaeologist, tried to warn me about what his people were doing in the native tribes. I thought she was overstating, trying to get me to clamp down on foreign interests in the name of preserving archaeological treasures. A female archaeologist. <laughs> he joked, There are many these days. 
Yes, she taught at a small college in the United States. She was visiting my country when we stumbled onto her find. It's amazing that she hesitated to even announce it before she had time to sustain her claim with evidence. That was gossip that they put her in prison. I should have to think what might have been done to her. That will be on my soul forever. If she was harmed, maybe she escaped, etc. Finds up the company. Rumors and gossip are usually pretty far off the mark. <laughs> you think so? Nothing at dark Sad, but anything is possible. Makinosa, I suppose. The waiter came scurrying up with him. El General, there's a police car coming this way, he said excitedly. Makinana looked at Rick. I'm not involved in any attempts to kidnap or arrest. I'm not in any attempts to kidnap or arrest you, said Ryan. Is the car local? Yes, it's a Jacobsville police car. Makano weighed his options while he was trying to decide whether to make him break out the back door. A tall, imposing man in a police uniform with large, dark eyes and his long hair and a ponytail came in the door. Looked around and spotted Rick with the general. Like, it's alright. He's a, that's Casper. You know him? Yes, he's our police chief. He's a good man. He used to be government assassin. Oh, that's the rumor. Rick knew. Makano laughed under his breath. Cash walked over to their table. He wasn't. I'm afraid I have some bad news. You're just here to arrest me, Makano asked Charlie. Uh, said, have you broken the law? He asked curiously. It was obvious they didn't recognize the bar's famous patron. Not lately, Makano lied. Cash looked back at Rick, who was going to win. He burst up. Cash screamed, I'm afraid so. There's been a wreck. Rick, was that out of booze and flesh? How badly is she hurt? He asked the ones, is she all right? There's... They transported her in Ames to Jacobsville General. He's like, wow, Ames was pretty bad. Miss Cassidy has the very least broken her. Rick was already out of the bar running for stuff. Wait, I'm coming with you. Mock not called after him and stopped just long enough to pay the waiter, who bowed respectfully. Cash, confused by the superman, got back in his patrol car and followed the pickup truck down the long road to the hospital. To his credit, he didn't pull out his ticket boot book when he pulled in behind Rick. The emergency room. My wife, Ben Cassaway, Rick told the clerk at the desk they just brought her here. My clerk studying. Oh, that's you, Detective Marquis. She says, well, yes, and she's your wife. Congratulations. She's in, yes, she's in X-ray right now. Dr. Coltrane is Cooper Lou, Rick asked, because the married Coltrane's are both are. Lou, can you ride? Thanks. You can have a seat right over there, the clerk said gently. And I also want to ask Dr. Coltrane to come and see you, okay? Rick wanted to rush behind the counter, but he knew better. He ground his teeth here. Okay. Be just a sec. The clerk picked up the phone. She will be alright. I'm not going to tell her something. She has great courage for one so young. Rick felt rocks on the soles of his feet. He never should have reacted as he had. He upset her. She hadn't been driving. Ames was one of Cash's better drivers. He turned into her. Ames wrecked the car. How? That's what I'd like to know, Cash said curly. There was another set of tracks in the dirt nearby. As if a car had sideswiped them. Got men tracking right now. If you need help. If you need help, I can provide a tracker. He might even excel you to row. He's walking all off there quietly. Cash had been slicing the other marine up for You look familiar. 
There were very few photographs of me, but I couldn't reply. Yes, but we met. I can re can't remember where. Maybe it'll come back to me. Why can I raise my would be just as well if you remember your lapses for the next few hours. My son could use the company. Your son. Cash is dark eyes and arrow. Oh, the older man. Ah, Machinato. The older man nodded and smiled. Yeah. Going out a photo of you. Had to break the news to Rick's mother about your connection to him. Ah, yes. That was how he was told. Ingenious. Since you know the Christian. I hope she and the officers will be alright. So do I, Cash. I can't help being concerned about the other car. Machinato came because the Fortis bunch have much reason to interfere with my plans. They're being paid by my successor to spy on me. There was also a very high level mole in the DEA. I do not know who it is yet, but even I am aware of him. Damn, Cash. <laughs> yes, things are quite complicated. I did not mean to involve the children in my war. He had a little rueful glance of it. He was pacing the floor. No parent would sometimes fade in the beans. Her father should be told. Yes, Macnola, he should. He excused himself and spoke to Rick. Her father, how am I going to find him? I think I could solve that problem. He pulled out his disposable cell phone, one minute, and dialed. Right. Yes, Gruden has been injured in an automobile accident. I need you to call her father and tell him. We don't know details yet. She has at least a broken leg. The rest we don't know. But he should come. Yes, thank you. She's at the Jacobsville Hospital. Yes, all right. He hung up. Granger, no father or friends. He will make the call. <laughs> Rick averted his eyes. Hell of a way to meet in walls. <laughs> he muttered. I too agree. Why can I put me put a picture all around us? But you will get there. Come, sit down and stop pacing before you wear a hole in the floor. Rick allowed himself to be led to a chair. It's kind of nice having a father. Dr. Lewis. Louise Coltrane came into the room in her white lab coat, smiling. She was introduced to Gwen's husband and father-in-law with some surprise because no one locally knew about the wedding. <laughs> Congratulations, she told her. She'll be all right, she added. She does have a broken rib, but the other injuries are mostly bruises. Patrolman Ames had a head injury, she told us. His prognosis is going to be trickier. I'm having him airlifted to San Antonio to the Marshall Center. He's holding his own so far, though. Do you have a way to notify his family? Cashier said, he doesn't have any family that I'm aware of, just me. Yet it was in response. So I'm the only one to notify. I'll keep you in the loop, Detective Marquis. You can see your wife now. I'll take you. Where the hell is my daughter? Rick thought a shiver go down his spine. That voice, deep and cold, with authority, froze everyone in the waiting room. Rick turned to find the place that went with it and understood once how this man had risen to become a four-star general. He was in full uniform, every button polished, his hat at the perfect angle, his head, his hard face almost bristling with antagonism, his black eyes glittering with it. And who's responsible for putting her in the hospital? He had an atone that was only a little less intimidating. Well, Rick was working on an answer. Briar came in the door worried and unsettled by his call. She paused beside the military man who was raising Kane in the waiting room. My goodness, someone has his razor blade soup this morning, I see. She explained with pure hostility. Now, you calm down and stop shouting at people. This is a hospital, not a military installation.